my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing well. I've been a little under the weather, but hopefully I'm on the road to recovery. <laughs> well, today I have for you the final episode in the Full House Back to School series. It is from Season 8, Episode 2, entitled Breaking Away. This episode aired on October 4th, 1994. In this episode, Rebecca and Jesse are apprehensive about their twin boys attending preschool. And Stephanie becomes rebellious due to a friend's influence. Here's what the description is from the back of the DVD box. Or DVD case. This one is beyond ridiculous. Remember how Danny felt when Michelle went to preschool? Well, now it's Jesse and Rebecca's turn to fret. Um, first of all, Danny did not pull Michelle out of preschool. Actually, that was Jesse in the episode A Pinch for a Pinch. Yeah. So I get Danny was, you know, a little nervous about, well, he really wasn't even nervous about Michelle's first day. Michelle was as confident as all get out. Now, now that I remember that, I'm going to read my little description here because, honestly, I think it's the best one. All right. In this episode, it's all about letting go. And, sadly, Jesse isn't ready when it comes to the boys, Alex and Nikki, heading to preschool. The boys are all about their independence once they cross the threshold into the classroom as they separate easily from each other and Jesse to try all the exciting activities that preschool has to offer, trains and puzzles, not even stopping to look back or give their dad a kiss goodbye. This, of course, doesn't sit well with Jesse, so he hastily pulls them out of school only to make a poor attempt at homeschooling them until Becky finds out the truth. Also in this episode, Gia's influence on Stephanie is strong as she changes her appearance and has total disregard to the upkeep of her bedroom, which leads to Michelle to make take drastic measures by moving in with DJ. Yes, I think that is a much better description. This episode has a 6.8 out of 10 rating on based on... <laughs> on 147 ratings on IMDb. It was directed by Joel Zwick, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Tom Amundsen, A-M-U-N-D-S-E-N. It was also a writer for this episode. All right. So we do have a guest star in this episode. We do have Bonnie Erseth, who plays Miss Susie, who is Nikki and Alice's preschool teacher. On the previous episode, I mentioned that Bonnie Erseth, who has been in a lot of TV shows, one episode type characters, one in particular that stands out in my mind above the rest is her 
on Punky Brewster Season 2, The Gift, which is such an amazing episode, and I'm going to talk about that after I'm done covering this episode, and play a, a couple clips for you, and just because she plays a disabled woman named Linda, who is a school custodian and has to deal with um, children making fun of her. The R word gets thrown around back in, this was back in 1985, when apparently it was no problem to toss the R word around. And I'm not going to say it because I don't feel comfortable saying that word. I've probably been called that word when I was growing up. I didn't like it then either, so. We have one user review here on IMDb. 7 out of 10. Parents Missing Their Kids by Power Mandan on April 20th, 2019. It seems that it is always the child that misses the parent. In this case, this opposite, the opposite can happen. Remember in Season 6 when Nikki and Alex got accepted to Bowton Hall Preschool? Well, here they are finally going. Well, I don't know if this is Bowton Hall, but it certainly took them long enough to get there. Becky is sad that her sons are growing up and starting preschool. Jesse takes him and has a similar attack. He decides that he can teach the boys things at home so that they don't fall behind. Come kindergarten. It doesn't work. Jesse and Joey are simply too dumb to know anything. <laughs> Remember Gia's enemy? Or Stephanie's enemy, Gia? Well, they are now friends and Gia's image is roaming off onto Stephanie. I did like this episode, but thought it was a little too short, Being but being 30 minutes, that's expected to happen. A longer episode would have given us more of a perspective on Jesse and Becky missing their sons. Guys, you, you pretty much got that in the cold open and throughout the episode. Becky has her semi-ish breakdown in the beginning. Jesse has it in the classroom. With the boys, who, if they were older, would be probably very embarrassed. We got a couple connections here. Holy Foghorn Batman. And, oh, that's when, uh, I think Becky's blowing her nose and Danny comes down. Uh, the Ren and Stimpy show. Becky says, I just miss Ren and Stimpy. And to that, Danny says, well, Joey has them all on tape. That, for whatever reason, I notice has sometimes been cut out of the rerun when that epi particular episode comes on television. I realize, like, no, where's that Ren and Stimpy line? I mean, I never really watched Ren and Stimpy, but it's like, well, I know that line. It should be in there. Why did they cut it? Probably for time. More commercials that we don't want to watch. Here's some goofs. There is no way Jesse and Joey would have felt nothing if the boys were painting their feet, even if they were asleep. That is not a goof. That is a realization. Jesse and Becky are nervous about the boys starting preschool. Two years earlier, the boys were accepted to a different preschool? What? No, they go to Bowton Hall. Who is this person? I have a shout-out to give for the trivia question, which is a true or false. True or false, Michelle is in third grade in season eight. 
And I'm giving a shout out to Kelly. She answered true, and that is correct. In this episode, we learned that Michelle is in fact in third grade because Gia makes a joke about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, their their banter is I'd say similar-ish to Kimmy and Stephanie, but it's basically Michelle doesn't take any garbage from Gia. Like, you want to talk to talk down to me, that's great, but I will come back at you tenfold with the claws out. Here's how you can follow along with the podcast, the Facebook page, at Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, Full House, Fuller House Podcast. You can even type in Full House Podcast and it'll come right up. Instagram at OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Pod. On Twitter, OMHC, Full House Pod. And if you'd like to send a email or if you would like to send an audio clip of your opinion or comments on a future past episode, you are more than welcome to. You can do so at OMHC, Podcast at gmail.com. And... That will also be in the episode description as well. Real quick, I do want to give a bro- um, a book recommendation. A book I just finished yesterday. And guys, this is such an amazing, great middle grade read. It is so, so good and beautiful. The book is called Broken Strings. It's by Eric Walters and Kathy Kaser, K-A-C-E-R. This book actually was released in September, so it is a new book. And I will read the description. A violin and a middle school musical unleash a dark family secret in this moving story by an award-winning author duo. For fans of The Devil's Arithmetic and Hannah's Suitcase, it's 2002, and the aftermath of the Twin Towers, and the death of her beloved grandmother. Shirley Berman is intent on moving forward. The best singer in her junior high, she auditions for the lead role in Fiddler on the Roof, but is crushed to learn that she's been given the part of the old Jewish mother in the musical rather than the coveted part of the sister. But there's an upside. Her husband is none other than Ben Morgan, the cutest and most popular boy in the school. Deciding to throw herself into the role, she rummages in her grandfather's attic for some props. There, she discovers an old violin in the corner. Strange, since her... I have a trouble pronouncing this. I want to look this up because I don't know how to pronounce this. Since her Zadie has never seemed to like music. So Zadie is a Jewish term for grandfather. Okay. And I did look it up. I want to make sure I pronounced it right. Since her Zadie has never seemed to like music, never even going to any of her recitals, showing it to her grandfather unleashes an anger in him she has never seen before. And while she is frightened of what it might mean, Shirley keeps trying to connect with her Zadie and discover the awful reason behind his anger. A long-kept family secret spills out and Shirley learns the true power of music, both terrible and wonderful. And that this book is just, it's really, really, I just, it's really hard to put into words how, how beautiful this book is.
it takes place like five or six months after the events of 9-11. Everyone's trying to pick the pieces up and kind of slowly start to, to move forward from this. And they're putting on the Fiddler on the Roof play. It's actually, the school is not your average middle school. It is a performing arts middle school where it focuses on the musical arts and the performing arts and everything like that. And Shirley, is, her grandmother just passed away. So Shirley's been going to visit her grandfather on a regular basis, bringing him groceries and everything like that and she's looking for props for the play and she goes up in the attic and she finds this old violin case and she brings it down and her grandfather gets very upset like he thought you know he had told his wife you know to get rid of that violin I don't want to see it anymore and I guess she she didn't get rid of it she kind of figured like no no I'll just put it up here in the attic and there is a history with the violin that you start to learn as he, her grandfather, Shirley's grandfather, does start to open up and everything like that. And there is a rivalry between Shirley and this character named Mindy, who's also a really good perf uh, performance artist, and she's the one who ends up getting the lead. Because in the following year, she... Mindy and this uh, Ben Morgan character are going to be moving on to high school. And Ben Morgan is a jock, but you think, like, oh, a typical football kid and everything. Like, what's he know about performing art? No, this kid is really good and dedicated to his craft and his role. And he really gives his performance his all. And he starts coming over to Shirley's, you know, place to rehearse and talking with her grandfather and her grandfather is starting to actually open up about his time growing up around the time of World War II and with Hitler and the Holocaust is a really big part of this book and how it kind of connects with the Fiddler on the Roof and everything like that. So I like that this play helps Shirley and her grandfather and Ben Morgan. They all grow closer as they find a connection and and all of these with the play and the holocaust and the violin and and what music means and how it can really save a person's life so um that's what i'm going to say about the book it is very very beautifully written and i would highly recommend it i did give it five stars on goodreads so Without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. But first, we got to see the cold open first. I also, real quick, wanted to mention that currently I'm watching the show on Netflix called Anne with an E, and I'm really, really enjoying it. There's only seven episodes in season one, and I pretty much kind of binged those over the weekend while I was, like, trying to get well on the couch. And I'm... On episode, I'm almost done with episode two of season two, and I haven't read an, any of the Anna Green Gables books yet, but I really would like to eventually do that. I hear that the show is so far removed from what the books are that it's a lot, lot different, and they chose to go in kind of a semi-grittier um, way with the show, 
but it's still very endearing. It's still really sweet. It took a bit for me to kind of like like Anne Shirley because she's really she's positive, but she's also really really energized. Like the Energizer Bunny was just like she never stops talking. At first, I was a little put off by that in the first episode, but after a while, I was like no no, let me come back to it. And then I started episode two. And I'm like okay okay. It's going good, but um, this is not an am with an E podcast, but I just wanted to mention what I'd been watching, and I just, I, I really, I recommend it. It's a good show. I mean, I, I found out I gotta wait till January to watch um, season three, but then again, there's ten episodes in season two, and I'm almost done with the second episode. Alright, let's get into Breaking Away. Alright, we're in the kitchen. It's breakfast time. Jesse, of course, has given the boys oatmeal to give them extra energy for their first day of preschool. He's like, oh, you see those lumps in there? Those are for extra, to give you extra energy. At first I thought he was going to say, oh, those are prunes. Like, oh, don't give them prunes. No, there's no prunes in those. Ugh. Those kids don't need no prunes. They're good. So right away, Becky is not handling this well. She's crying. She's blowing her nose. I've heard that some parents, when their kids start preschool, when they start school for the first time, it is a major milestone, a major step in growing up. And some parents cry. You know, they definitely take pictures, which is understandable. Becky is just like, oh, my boys, they're leaving us, Jesse. They're going to go out into the cruel, cold world. It's like, it's a preschool, Becky. Trust me, it's going to be okay. I like Jesse. He's sitting next to Nikki and Alex, and he looks at them like, oh, boys, don't worry. I'll take care of her. It's like, I don't think they even realize that their mom is upset. They don't look concerned at all. But Jesse is there to console his wife. Like, honey, it's not that cruel out there, okay? He, Jesse picks up a schedule. Like, look at this schedule here. Cartoons, snack, finger painting. Snack, nap time, snack. That's actually Joey's schedule because being a comic, he works at night. And then he also has the Rush Hour Renegades in the afternoon. So his mornings from, like, 8 a.m., to maybe noon or a hundred percent his own to do with what he wishes. No preschool has got cartoons on their schedule. Finger painting, yes. Snack time, yes. Nap time, most likely. But there is no cartoons. I'm looking at Nikki and Alex's light blue lunch pail, lunch boxes, mind you, and um, and I swear those are the same similar type of little lunch boxes that McDonald's at one point had given out. And I swear I see in the upper left-hand corner, it's very, if I could zoom into it, I wonder if I can zoom in, but um, it's got a little red square, and I swear like the M, the arch of the McDonald's M is on there. Maybe I can zoom in. I can zoom in a little bit, but I swear that is a McDonald's M. I really think it is. I'm going to stop dwelling on it now. 
And Joey's like, that's my schedule, as Jesse hands the paper back. And he's like, by the way, I'm late for the Flintstones. Yabba-dabba-doo! As he walks out of the kitchen. And the twins are doing some weird, like, they're pretending it's a steering wheel with her. I don't know what they're doing, but I'm going to play this clip. Hey, boy, see the pull your oatmeal and you see those lumps in there? They got extra energy for your first day at preschool. What are those lines? Jess, this is so hard. Our boys are leaving us and going out into the cold, cruel world. I'll, I'll take care of her. Uh, honey, it's not, it's not that cruel out there. Wait, look at this. Look at the schedule, okay? Cartoons, snack. Finger painting, snack. Nap time, snack. That's my schedule. <laughs> and I'm late for the Flintstones. <laughs> so, the beginning of the episode here after the we come out of the intro is actually a continuation of the cold open, which rarely, if ever, never, never happens that I can recall. Becky is so fixated on the fact that the boys are getting older and these little lunchboxes that these boys will carry with their little hands as they walk out of this house and out of our lives. I, honey, they're coming back. Don't worry. It's just preschool. They're only there for, what, a couple hours? Maybe three tops? Not like they're going to be gone for eight hours. Becky is really, oh my goodness. She's like, Jess, they're not ready for preschool. They're just little boys. And Jesse's like, he's like, honey, they're not boys. They're men. You know what? They're not just men. They are Katsopolis men. And he's like, boys, show mommy your muscles. And he makes the, with the muscles. And they, it's, it's, it's cute. So Becky admits, yes, preschool is important for the boys, but I'm not ready to let go. So Jesse's like, look, honey, I will take the boys to school. Don't worry about it. It's going to be just fine. You go to work. I'll let you know how it goes. I like how Jesse's like, don't worry. I'll be strong for the both of us. He's like, okay, honey, you're a rock. So Jesse takes the lunchboxes, gives them to Nikki and Alex, and says, all right, Brent and Stimpy, here are your lunchboxes. Now go say goodbye to Mommy. And they run over to Becky and give her a hug. Like, bye-bye, Mommy. And, of course, the other one's like, See you later, alligator. And she, <laughs> Becky's crying as, as she says, In a wild crocodile. My, I would say that with my dad when I was a little kid. I just realized, the boys do say goodbye to Becky. But they don't say goodbye to Jesse when he's a, But then again, think about it. Um, if Becky had been the one to drop the boys off instead of Jesse, like if it was a reverse scenario, would they have easily separated from her and went to the, the toys and stuff? And would Becky have made a big thing? Because she's breaking down now. But if the situation were reversed, how would she have handled that situation? I don't think it would have been. She wouldn't have been like, I'm pulling my boys out of school. They're not ready. I'm not ready. Come on, boys. I'll teach you at home. I'm going to play this clip. Honey, look at this. Two little lunchboxes <laughs> with two little handles that they'll hold as they walk out of our lives. <laughs> Jess, they're not ready for preschool. They're just little boys. <laughs> Honey, they're not boys. They're men. They're Katsopolis men. <laughs> they're the 
strong. They're tough. They'll be... Boys, show mommy your muscles. <laughs> I know preschool's important for the boys, but I'm not ready to let go. The point is, I'll take the boys to school, you go to work, and everything will be fine, okay? <laughs> I'll be strong for the both of us. Okay, honey. You're a rock. All right. <laughs> All right. Ren, Stimpy, do your lunchboxes. Let's go to school. Here. Go say goodbye to Mommy. Bye-bye, Mommy. Oh. <laughs> See you later, alligator. Tears all over your new school clothes. Just don't. Right. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, did they take pictures of Nikki and Alex upstairs? Because isn't that kind of a thing that you do when you have kids on their first day of preschool, kindergarten, first grade? I notice a lot at, towards the end of the school year. Um. A lot of parents were posting pictures of their kids on the first day of school and then comparing it with them on their last day of school. I think that's really cool. I really think that's cool. I'm surprised people back in the day didn't do that. But then again, it's like, I mean, you, you could have a comparison. You have to f dig out that picture from their first day of school to match it with their last day of school. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing the technology now. And uh, how much more parents have their kids on on social media, their pictures, and everything is just out there for everybody to see. Or if you wanted to show back in the day a picture of your kid, you'd have a picture of them in your wallet. Or you'd pull out your photo album if someone would come over, like, hey, let's look at pictures of my kids. Now it's like pictures, videos, all of that stuff. You can just like, here, let me pull up this video. Oh, you gotta see my kid do this funniest thing. So Becky is blowing her nose, and we do see that we have some other lunches made. A couple of yellow paper sacks, probably for Steph and DJ, and then, of course, a lunchbox for... Michelle, because she's still in elementary school, it's like, once you get to junior high, I guess you're done with the lunchbox. You've graduated, you've moved on to paper bags. So Danny comes down, sees Becky's blowing her nose, like, holy foghorn, Batman, are you okay? She's like, oh, I'm fine, I just miss Ren and Stimpy. And Danny puts a comforting arm around Becky's shoulder and says, oh, don't worry, Beck, Joey has them all on tape. So, Michelle also comes down. She is wearing a long-sleeved striped shirt uh, button-up. And she's wearing an undershirt underneath. It's almost like when you're that age and you haven't developed yet, you're not wearing the training bra, but you're wearing, like, an undershirt. Or, I guess, in Michelle's case, if you want to call it a sleeveless top or something to go underneath it. Because they are in California, and you know it does get warm out there, even in September. I've never been to California, but I bet anything it's got to be pretty warm out there on the first day of school. So, Danny's like, hey, where's your sister Stephanie? And Michelle says, well, she's upstairs still putting on makeup. And then, of course, she asks, hey, Dad, when do I get to wear makeup? I'm, on, I'm in the third grade, you know. So Danny, of course, bends down to Michelle's eye level and says, Look, honey, you don't need makeup. You're naturally beautiful. 
And Michelle looks at her father like, oh, so basically what you're saying is Steph and Deej are bow-wows? Oh, God! <laughs> That's horrible! And Danny kind of laughs at him. He's like, no, honey, they're not bow. He turns and looks at Steph and he's like, wow! Oh, uh, n- uh, no, sweetie, you get your butt upstairs and you change. Get that crap off of your face. Stephanie is basically wearing... A Kathy Santoni back to school blues crop top, just about. It hovers like maybe an inch or two above her belly button. The bottom of that shirt does. It's also wearing the hip hugging blue jeans. Her face is a canvas that has been splashed with. Bob Ross would not put that much paint on a canvas. I'm going to tell you right now. So Danny's on dad patrol here as he looks at Stephanie and says, Steph, what are you wearing? And she's like, uh, clothes? And he's like, eh! Correction, what are you not wearing? And then he does a Jeopardy, like, uh, two, Danny for 200, what is a long enough shirt? Oh, uh, Danny for 100, what is a long enough shirt? You know any parent, even nowadays, like, you turn your little fanny around and you get upstairs and you put on a shirt. I'd be like... I, I I would never wear anything like that at school, ever. Not even in, in the 90s, and I was Stephanie's age at this time. If I wore something like that, I'd get my butt left out of high school. I'd get my butt left out of junior high. Actually, that's right, I was in junior high. In 94, I was in... When was this episode? Hold on a sec. Shoot. Whoops, hold on a sec. Putting stuff rolling your eyes at me. Thank you. It was a mistake. Um, 10-4-94. I would have been in, in, I would have been 12. I would have been in sixth grade. Yeah. Um, there were a couple girls in my class that dressed heavily with the makeup and the, the clothes like Stephanie's wearing and, uh, they looked good, but no, I, I definitely would not have looked good. Not like that. I wouldn't, I would probably say that girls 12 years and even younger are probably dressing like that today, aren't they? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if parents, like, put their foot down and say, no, you're not wearing basically a, a, a crop top or a broad school or a bustier or whatever. No, no, no. But Stephanie's like, Dad, please don't embarrass me. Gia's going to be here, like, any second. And Danny's kind of he's, he's looking at Stephanie like like okay I, I see where this is headed Gia I mean don't you think that she's having a bit of an influence on you Steph and Stephanie's like no dad she's not I'm my own person and in walks Gia dressed exactly like Stephanie or more like Stephanie is dressed just like Gia yeah eh. <laughs> I'm gonna play this clip Where's Steph? She's gonna be late for school. She's still putting on makeup. Dad, when do I get to wear makeup? I'm in the third grade, you know. Sweetheart, you don't need makeup. You're naturally beautiful. So you're saying Steph and Deej are bow wows? (laughs) No, honey, they're not bow. Wow! (laughs) Steph, what are you wearing? Clothes. Let me rephrase that. What are you not wearing? (laughs) Danny for 100, what is a long enough shirt? Please don't embarrass me. Gia's gonna be here any minute. Gia? 
Honey, you know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if she's having too much of an influence on you. Dad, don't worry. She's not. I am my own person. Hey, Steph. Did you? Looks like you're her person, too. Hi, little Michelle. Are you ready for your first day of third grade? Are you ready for your third year of seventh grade? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I'm out. this whole thing with Danny saying you're not going to school dressed as you are, Steph, makes me think of the back-to-school blues when DJ is dressed like one of the scrub club, as I've dubbed those three mean girls. Danny definitely is putting his foot down. Uh, I bet anything... I don't know. What if Jesse were handling the situation, which he's not, I kind of wonder if he'd be a little like, yeah, you're not going to school dressed like that. And trust me, Quinny, you would never wear makeup either and go to school dressed like that if you were a human being. I'm telling you right now. You're not even paying attention. She don't care. Like, whatever, I don't wear makeup. I'm a cat. I don't wear clothes either. So Gia comes in. Michelle, of course, makes a comment like, oh, wow, Steph, looks like you're her person, too. And the way that Gia, like, 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 pinches Michelle's, like, shoulder to, like, kind of bring her in front of her and says, hi, little Michelle, are you ready for your first day of third grade? Like, really talking down to her and baby talk. What she did that in the, are you... Is it true about Stephanie episode with the rumor that Gia spreads when she first meets Michelle for the first time? And then right away it's like they don't like each other at all. And I love how Michelle comes back with, Are you ready for your third year of seventh grade? And she also pats Gia on the head. It's like, yeah, girl, get it. I love how Michelle's backpack is like hanging off of her shoulder, like practically on the ground. And her eyes are like, ah, Gia, don't talk to me, don't touch me. I can't really tell what's on Michelle's lunchbox, but it looks like it might be the Smurfs. DJ comes down dressed in shorts and a nice long t-shirt. And she's got uh, makeup on too, but it's not like caked on like Stephanie's is. Because DJ just takes one look at Steph and is like, hey, Steph, next time you want to borrow my makeup, just use a day's worth. And Stephanie's like, yeah, but it's a long day. Like, if you're taking P.E., that makeup is gonna be, like, sweating off your face. Danny definitely sides with DJ. It's like, you know what, DJ's right. I think you ought to go upstairs and chip some of that off. Of course, 
of course, Stephanie comes around and is like, but Dad, it's my face. He's like, yeah, and I want to see more of it. And maybe less of your belly button, too? This almost seems like a co-parenting from both Danny and DJ, even though DJ is just an older sister. I love how when Stephanie and Gia are heading upstairs, you see DJ just roll her eyes like, oh my gosh, Dad, was I ever that terrible? Kimmy comes in. It's DJ's senior year of high school. Kimmy's like, hey, Deej, let's go. Time's a-wasting, and senior year is waiting for us. And, of course, he's just like, Kimmy, seriously, it's the first day of school. What's the rush? And Kimmy's like, Deej, seriously, I gotta get a date for senior prom. And he's just like, seriously, Kimmy, prom's like nine months from now. And Kimmy's like, nine? Oh my gosh, I thought it was ten. Seriously, okay, we gotta move. So now we head up to Stephanie and Michelle's room, and Stephanie is taking off her makeup. She's like, oh, I only got to look cool for like five minutes. And she's taking off, you know, the eyeshadow and everything like that. Gia says, look, just leave the mascara. Eyes are the first thing a guy notices. And Stephanie's like, oh, really? And Gia says, well, at first. Oh, no, Gia says, well, for now. Granted, of course, Danny wants to go check up and make sure Stephanie's actually taking the makeup off her face. He's like, ah, oh, that's a little better as he leans in on the door frame. There's my little angel face. And Stephanie's like, ugh, I'm doomed. What time? I mean, Michelle and St <laughs> Michelle and DJ are already on their way to school. And Stephanie's still upstairs. What time do they get up in the morning? And how much time do they have to get ready to go to school? Because it's basically Stephanie. Did they all, like, have breakfast and then go up and get ready for school? Because Stephanie and, or, uh, Michelle and DJ just left. was like, they didn't even eat anything. I think they all ate breakfast together earlier on in the morning. And maybe the twins got up later. So Danny is telling her, like, you know, Steph, I, I don't mean to be a nag, but, uh, you know how I feel about cleanliness. And I've mentioned more than once, I'm sure, for you to clean your room because it looks like a sty. And Stephanie's like, of course, my favorite phrase is, I'll do it later, I'll get to it. Or, I'll take care of it, is my favorite line, apparently, I love to use. And she's like, yeah, I'll do it later. And he's like, well, you said that before, and that would make later now. And then he says, you know what, you'll have a great day at school if you know your room is nice and tidy. Because not only is clothes exploding from all orifices of dressers and drawers and backs of chairs, tables, it's also spilling in out onto Michelle's bed, which she didn't ask for Stephanie's clothes to be piled all over her stuff. It's like you get a portion of that room, Steph. You don't get the whole room. Of course, there was a piece of clothing that was hanging out of the top dresser drawer there that's by the door, and Danny is just, as he's lecturing her, he's folding it because that's the Danny way. So Danny leaves after he kisses Stephanie goodbye, and she's like, hey, look, it's your room. Why does your dad care if it's clean? 
And Stephanie's like, look, my dad cares if your room's clean, okay? <laughs> That's just how my dad is. Gia has not known Stephanie long or been in the Tanner house long enough to know Danny's Mr. Clean personality. Which I'm going to be the first to say, I kept my room a pigsty as a child. I got called on it many times, even as an adult. Uh, my side of the room is just piled with clothes, and I still got books and totes up here that make it hard to walk in the room, that I keep saying, I'll take care of it, I'll do it. Oh my gosh. It's sad, some of the habits we carry from being teenagers into adulthood and into being um, married people, which... I'm not happy about it, but, um, I'm going to play this clip. What a waste. I only got to look cool for like 12 seconds. Just leave the mascara. Eyes are the first thing a guy notices. Really? Well, for now. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's much better. Here's my little angel face. I'm ruined. <laughs> Steph, I don't mean to be a nag, but I, I kind of remember telling you to clean up your room yesterday. Dad, I'll do it later. Yeah, well, you said that before, and that would make later now, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sweetheart, you're going to have a much, much better day at school knowing that your room is neat and tidy. I know I used to. It's your room. Why does your dad care if it's clean? My dad cares if your room is clean. <laughs> but you're right. I like it like this. I'll clean it when I want to. Let's go. agrees with Gia 100%. Like, hey, you're right. I'll clean it when I want to. And then as they get ready to go, she pulls open the top drawer of the dresser by the door, pulls out that same shirt that Danny just folded, and just hangs it over the side of the dresser drawer, and then closes it. There we go. Back to how I like it. Nice and messy. I just noticed that both DJ and Stephanie have the same dark blue backpack with the brown leather bottom or cowhide leather not cowhide um but just a you know uh leatherish bottom to it all right now we're going to preschool all right, now we're at Bowton Hall and I remember the classroom that Becky and Jesse brought the boys to when they had the interview with the administrator. And it's pretty much the exact same room. It's got the double doors that Jesse walks through now as he's got Nikki and Alex clinging to his legs as he walks through. I also see some tables set up that have different activities. Looks like one has some Play-Doh on a table. The other one's got like puzzles and so, uh, there's also a floor mat that's got, like, for toy cars, that's got, like, streets and trees and buildings. It's really, really cool looking. I mean, if I were a little kid, I would just play for hours on that. When I was at um, my aunt's mother's, she ran a little daycare when I was young. They had one of those three-tier type auto garage 
playthings that had a ramp on it and like three different well, three different levels. They had a little elevator that you stick the car in and then you run the crank and it goes down to the bottom level. I had, for hours, I just love how as a kid I had such a big imagination that I could just keep myself entertained for like hours and hours on end. So, Jesse is walking in there, like I said, with Nikki and Alex, one on each leg, and I'm just like... Was that Jesse's idea or their idea to things like, oh, they're a little scared, they're a little nervous, being it's their first day and all. And Miss Susie is dressed like a typical teacher with the long white shirt underneath a flowery dress. I remember one thing about like a kindergarten first grade teacher is the teacher would always wear the long denim dress with like a turtleneck underneath or like have a necklace that had like ABC one, two, three in little blocks, stuff like that. It made them look like really teacherish. like, oh, on the necklace also there's a pencil or an apple or something. So he says to Miss Susie, who we will be introduced to in just a moment when she says her name, Nikki on the right leg and Alex on the left leg as he's just kind of, you know, stroking their hair like, it's okay, boys, it's okay. And I love how Miss Susie just bends down to the boys' level and she puts her hands out just to take their hands like, well, I'm Miss Susie and let me tell you, there is nothing to be nervous about. You boys are going to have a lot of fun today. So granted, Miss Susie is amazing at her job, yet... Jesse feels, since he is the boy's father, like, oh, don't worry about it. Let me take care of it. These are, you know, my boys. I, they're a little nervous. Let me talk to them. I'll handle it. He really is a take charge. Like, these are my kids. If anyone's going to be giving them direction on how to act, it's going to be me. And Jesse, of course, comes in. He's got the blue jeans on. He's got the leather jacket on. He just looks like a real hipster dad. And he bends down to Nikki and Alex's level as the boys, one is just holding his lunchbox. The other one is using, I'm getting, Nikki's got to be in the green and Alex is in the red. Nikki is using his lunchbox to, like, wipe his nose or pick his nose or he's chewing on the side of the lunchbox. I don't know what he's doing. But Jesse, look, look, sons, I know that we've been together every day for the last four years. I know this is going to be hard for you, but you got to be strong, okay? Right away, the boys, trains, puzzles, as they just take off running. Right after Jesse's now, give your daddy a good goodbye kiss. And boom, they are like off like a shot. So I'm going to play this clip. Sophilus men are here. Nikki uh, on the right leg, Alex on the left leg. They're, uh, they're a little nervous. Well, hi, I'm Miss Susie, and you know what? There is nothing to be nervous about because we're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, uh, Miss Susie, uh, let me handle this. Uh, I'm their father. All right, boys, now listen. Now, I know we've been together every single day since you guys were born. I know it's going to be very tough for you guys to leave me, but you got to be strong, okay? Now, you give your daddy a big kiss goodbye. Train! Quizzle! 
Yeah. Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Kitsapos men, they don't kiss goodbye. That's right. Yeah, okay, well, that's fine. How about just, just a, maybe just a little one on the cheek or something? Just a tiny little kiss on the cheek? No. No, okay, <laughs> that's fine. That's all right. You know, I'm just, uh, just your father. I'm only the guy who raised you. Ignore oh me. God. I think Nikki and Alex are going to do just fine. Yeah. You know, I, I better just stay here a while and watch. I'll, I'll stay out of everyone's way. I'll be just, I'll be fine right here. Mr. Katakos, I understand that it's hard for some parents to let go of their children the first time. Yeah, yeah. But some parents really wacko about it, huh? Is this Clayton on talk to? This is the time when our parents usually go. Go? Oh, go! God, I bet you meant we we go. I didn't know. So I'm looking at the little cubby holes where the kids are storing their lunch boxes and coats and stuff, and I am seeing no names for Nikki and Alex. I see a Ricky, uh, I can't tell what that name is, uh, Denise, Jason, Nancy, Kathy, Justin, that might be Tim, I can't tell, Beth, Karen, they're, all the cubbies got names on them, but there is not a spot, I don't think, for Nikki and Alex's name. So, I like how Jesse refers to Nikki and Alex as Katsopolis men. And Miss Susie is just, she's trying to be respectful, like, she gets it, she can definitely see that Jesse is the one that's having the time separating from the boys as they run to the train and to the puzzles. So, Jesse is trying to put on this tough guy act, like, oh, that's right, Katopolis men, they don't kiss goodbye. That's okay. Um, I'm the only the one who raised you. Um, Alex, do you want to give your daddy a kiss goodbye? Just one on the cheek? And Alex is just shaking his head, like, no. <laughs> Basically, the boys are, like, saying, like, daddy, please, go away. <laughs> We're fine. Even Miss Susie is like, I think Nikki and Alex are absolutely fine. They're doing great on their own. And Jesse is all like, you know, I, I I think I better just stay here for a little bit and hang out. And you just see Miss Susie's like, oh my goodness gracious. There's always one every year, one parent that can't um Cut the, the apron strings, if you want to call it. There are other, I'm guessing they could be parent volunteers with some of the other children. So maybe those are just people that volunteer time to come in. Or they could be, you know, a couple of the kids' parents, maybe. But Jesse is just really becoming overbearing to the point that Miss Susie is like, Look, you're basically stepping on my toes right now as I'm trying to take care of my classroom and let the children flourish and, you know, grow and develop and form their independence. Nikki and Alan, Alex just, they ripped that, that band-aid off, like, we don't need you, Daddy, we're good, you can go now. Michelle was the same way and bye-bye, Birdie. So yeah, he's like, you know, I'll just sit right here and, oh, it's this clay non-toxic clay non -toxic, as he, like, takes a couple licks from it. Like, ugh. And Miss Susie's, she's really trying to be polite here. She's like, look, I understand, Mr. Katsopoulos, that this, usually it's hard for parents to let go sometimes, but 
honestly, this is usually the time when the parents, you know, go. He's like, oh, go. Uh, oh, you, you, me go. Okay, yeah, I thought you meant we, we go. Like, uh, he's like, all right, all right, I'm gone. I'm, he's out the door. He's not leaving. And now it just gets extremely creepy as he comes back into the class, but he crawls under a desk. And as Jesse is crawling under this desk that he can barely fit under, this little brunette-haired boy is crawling towards Jesse. And he is now under the table with Jesse. As Jesse looks, realizes he's not alone, puts a finger to his lips like, shh. And the little boy goes, shh. And then... Jesse pats the kid on the head, and the little boy's like, Stranger! Stranger! And he, he gets right out from under that desk and runs over to somebody. And Jesse, of course, is, like, trying to, like, stand up, but he's still under the desk, so he's got that desk on his back as he's like, I'm not a stranger! I'm a friend! And, and I'm like, I'm surprised the other parents aren't, like, grabbing their kids and running out of there, like, Stranger Danger... Miss Susie's like, Mr. Katsopoulos, what are you still doing here? I thought you left. Mr. Katsopoulos, I have been doing this for a very long time, and look, Nikki and Alex, really, they don't need you here right now. And of course, Jesse takes this as an insult, like, oh, they don't need me? They don't need their dad? And I'm like, well, not right this moment. They're doing fine. You don't need to be interrupting their social time and their development by, at this point, Jesse is basically interfering with her teaching and with Nikki and Alex trying to have a good first day. So Jesse's like, look at that little boy. He just stole that puzzle from my sweet little Alex. And Miss Susie's like, well, Alex looks fine. He's not upset or anything. 
And Jesse's like, sure, on the outside he looks fine, but on the inside he's crying like a little baby. And just look at the effect he's having on his little brother over there. And Al- Nikki has got the train all to himself. He's like, choo-choo! And Jesse's like, see, that was a cry for help. You know, and he just hastily, like, grabs one boy and grabs the other one and says, all right, boys, you know what? Miss Susie, I, I think their mother was right. I really don't think they're ready yet. And then he's like, all right, school's over. All right, time to go, boys. And like, school's over, Daddy? And like, yep, it is for you. Oh, yeah, because Jesse says, all right, say bye-bye. And he's like, bye-bye, Daddy. He's like, not to me, huh? No, we're going over the wall. Like, okay. So he has them hop on. And poor Miss Susie, I feel bad for her. She's only trying to do her job and with an overbearing father who just doesn't know just let your kids drop them off you should have gotten that hug and kiss at the house when you know the boys went to give Becky a hug and kiss not to mention um the boys leave without their lunch boxes too so I guess a couple kids are getting extra lunches today and Miss Susie, what honestly, what can she do? I mean, Jesse is their father. If he wants to pull them out, he can do that. So Becky comes home from work. Jesse's there in the living room, snacking on some, on some chicken. And she's like, look, I'm sorry. I." Becky just says she made a fool of herself this morning. I just went, you know, overboard with the crying and the, you know, hysterics. Nikki, you were right. Nikki and Alex are ready for preschool, and I need to accept that. Jesse, of course, has to fix his little twin dropout situation because he pulled the boys out of preschool, so he's got to make it look like the boys were the ones that had the rough day. And he says, well, we got there, and the kids were just... They weren't ready. Well, she thanks Jesse for being strong. And he's like, oh, well, of course, I was strong. However, the boys, on the other hand, say, oh, no, how was their first day? And he says, just like them, short. And he says, well, they got, we got there, and the boys, they just weren't ready. And they sit down on the couch, and Becky's like, oh, I was afraid this would happen. This isn't good. He's like, hey, look, we gave it a shot. We'll try it in a couple of years. Like, they're four. At that point, they're going to be six, and they're going to be ready for kindergarten. So, and Becky's like, honey, they're going to fall behind with all the other kids that, or fall behind the other kids. He's like, what, in Plato comprehension? It's like, no, I mean, preschool isn't a requirement, but it's probably good for the social socialization and development in other areas so that way by the time you get to kindergarten you know your numbers you know your abcs you know your colors you know your whatever else is probably required by kindergarten so basically jesse comes up with this plan of how he is going to teach the kids what they need to know at home and of course Becky's like, well, what about, you know, socializing with other children? And Jesse's like, well, that's where Joey comes in. Like, oh, my God. Joey may be mentally a child, but it's not the same thing as interacting with other children at all. So I'm going to play this clip. 
this morning, and I have been thinking about it, and you were right. Nikki and Alex are ready for preschool, and I just have to accept that. Honey, well, thank you for being so I, strong. Uh, well, gosh knows I was strong. But, um, you know, honey, I, I, I think you were right. Oh, no. What happened? How was their first day? Just like them. Short. <laughs> they got there, honey, and uh, quite frankly, they, uh, they just weren't ready. Oh, Jess, I was afraid that this would happen. Well, hey, we gave it a shot, you know. But listen, we'll try in a couple of years, okay? Uh, maybe when they're a little more mature, they're a little more grown, their, their, their sideburns fill in. A couple of years? Honey, what are we going to do? They'll fall way behind the other kids. In what, Play-Doh comprehension? <laughs> no, listen, honey, I got this whole thing figured out, okay? Joey and I, we do the radio show, but not until late afternoon, okay? I'm going to teach the kids <laughs> everything they need to learn right here in this house. Jess, you are not exactly Mr. Rogers. <laughs> What's to know? You teach the kid a couple vowels, and then you teach him all the, uh, all the other letters that aren't vowels. And then you put a puppet on, and, and that's it. It's fine. Honey, don't you think the kids should interact with other kids on their level? That's where Joey comes in. So, yeah, Jesse basically breaks down this plan of, hey, look, Joey and I do the radio show, but not until late afternoon, so that gives us plenty of time to teach the kids all they need to know. And Becky just looks at him like, honey, you are not Mr. Rogers, and you are definitely not Sesame Street. It's like, oh, yeah, what's to know? I mean, you teach the kid a couple of vowels, and you teach him the letters that aren't vowels, and you put a puppet on, and yeah. There is so much more to it than that. In fact, I don't think you can just say, I'm going to homeschool my kid. You actually have to take classes, I believe, to be able to homeschool your child. I, I think you do. Something like that. If, that, if homeschooling, saying, I'm going to homeschool my kid was so easy, the schools would probably be empty. <laughs> they would not have that many kids. Which, I mean, I'm sure there are advantages to teaching your child at home versus having them in the school, and there are probably advantages to having them in the school and not homeschooling them, too. Alright, now we're moving to Stephanie's rent. Is she reorganizing her wardrobe, or what is she doing? Because we got clothes on the floor, we got clothes on her bed, and Michelle's bed. We also have a bunch of stuff that's on the desk, or on that table, and a... It seriously looks like an XL-sized pizza box. And Stephanie's just holding up shirts up to her in front of the mirror. Like, I'm guessing she's deciding what to keep and what to throw out. Also, it looks like they've been doing their nails because on the other side of that uh, pizza box, we got nail polish remover, nail polish, and some other stuff. Probably stuff for you cuticles. Not only is that red shirt still hanging out of that top dresser drawer, now we have what looks like maybe a pajama top or some other top that's sitting on top of the dresser. Michelle comes in and she's like, what in the holy fajitas is going on here? She comes in and is like, what a dump. I, I'm sorry, but if I come in and I see your clothes on my bed, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something definitely not nice or say something that I, i'm gonna be angry i'm gonna be like get your garbage off my bed i want to start flinging clothes onto your clothes onto the floor stephanie you get half of that bedroom you don't get all of it <laughs> you can't even walk into that bedroom without tripping over a shirt 
And Michelle's like, hey, didn't Dad tell you to clean up this room? And Stephanie's like, yeah, he did. But I figure that I'm old enough now and he should understand that I can keep this room however I want. Michelle comes back, well, uh, you know, you're going to have to be able to understand that you're not going to be able to watch TV for the rest of your life or go out of this house except to school for the rest of your life. So, of course, Gia, I don't know why she feels she has to butt into this situation because she doesn't live there. Like, oh, little Michelle, this might just be a little bit over your head. When you're older, you'll understand. And Michelle comes back with, and when you're older, you still won't. So, <laughs> Gia's like, oh, this little kid. Stephanie steps in like, Gia, please let me take care of this. She's my sister. Look, Michelle, all our lives we've lived by dad's rules, and what have we got to show for it? And Michelle's like, well, a roof over our head, good food, and a buck a week. Please don't rock the boat. I'm like, Stephanie, unless you're paying rent for that room, you cannot keep that room the way you want, which is pigsty all the time. Which, I get it, she's a teenager. Stephanie never used to really be this way before. Even DJ, I don't think, ever had an episode, or we never saw that room in such disarray as it is now. <laughs> DJ was a teenager. We, she's still a teenager, and we haven't seen her do anything of the sort. All right, now we move across the hall to DJ's room, and oh my good golly, has she got a bunch of stuffed animals. This Michelle's got a cord cardboard box. She's lining all the stuffed animals up against DJ's pillows. She's got a bunch of clothes that are in a little pile on top of DJ's bed also. And DJ's like, hi, Michelle, what are you doing in my room? Michelle's like, hey, roomie, how you doing? She's like, oh, that's real funny from someone who was just about to leave. Michelle explains to DJ, look, um, I'm not leaving. I'm moving in with you, actually. Um, Stephanie is such a pig. Her room, our room is just a nuclear waste dump. It's closed. You can't even walk in there. It's that bad. Granted, I'll say I'm the one that, as when I had to share a room with my cousin, uh, I did get talked to by my aunt about not shoving things just into the closet or shoving things under my bed. I wouldn't shove any. I'm there's stuff under my bed that I probably haven't seen in years now, as in present day. And it's pretty dusty under there, <laughs> which is to be expected. Actually, when I looked under there to grab something, I found a shoe that I haven't seen in, like, probably five years. Like, oh, <laughs> covered in dust. So, Michelle starts to smooth DJ by saying, I decided to move in with you, the good sister. And DJ's like, oh, well, Stephanie's not bad. I mean, she's just becoming a teenager. I mean, you'll go, I went through it, she's going through it, you also will go through it one day. DJ starts putting Michelle's stuffed animals back into the cardboard box. And you trust me, the best place to go through it, Michelle, is in your own room. And Michelle starts taking the stuffed animals uh, back out of the cardboard box on the bed and putting them against the pillows again. Like, how about I go through it in your room? And DJ's trying to, like, be calm and everything and not lose her cool. So she's like, look, Michelle, I love you. 
I'm not going to yell at you, but I am going to call for dad. And Michelle's like, does dad got to get involved with this? And of course, DJ's like, Michelle, you are not moving into my room. And this becomes that, yes, I am. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yes, yes, yes. And it's funny because Michelle crawls across DJ's bed so she can, like, kneel. So she's eye level with DJ as they go to, she's like, yes, I am. DJ's like, no, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. And Danny comes in like, all right. Look, whoever was right last time, you're wrong this time. Okay, let's, like, wash up and have dinner. Michelle's like, Dad, you're always taking her side. Like, really, Michelle? No. From day one, he has always taken your side. Because she's a baby. DJ explains to Danny that Michelle wants to move in with her because Stephanie's become Little Miss Pigpen. And Danny can't believe that Stephanie's room is still messy. Like, I told her distinctly to clean it up. And Michelle's like, well, maybe you need to tell her more distincter. So DJ's like, Dad, just go in there and yell at Stephanie. I mean, lay down the law. You always did that with me, and it worked wonders. Danny's like, I mean, yeah, I could yell at her, but I feel like just being calm and talking things through was the way to go. So he goes over across the hall, and we hear from DJ's room, Look at the mess in here! I told you to clean up this room! Oh no, uh, he calls it subtle psychology. As DJ, or DJ and Michelle both, like, race across the hall to D Stephanie's room. So I'm gonna play this clip. Does that have to get Okay, who was ever wrong last time? You're right this time. Let's have dinner. You're taking her side. Dad, Michelle thinks that just because Stephanie has turned into Little Miss Pigpen, she can move in with me. Her room is still dirty. I distinctly told her to clean it up. Well, maybe you need to tell her more to stink dirt. Dad, just go in there and yell at her. Lay down the law. That always worked with me. You know, Deej, over the years, I have come a long way as a dad. I have learned that there are many other techniques besides yelling. Sometimes a little subtle psychology can go a long way. Let's watch. What subtle psychology? He's like, what is with this mess in here? It looks like your closet threw up. Stephanie's like, but dad! And he's like, no, but dads. If this room is not up to Tanner's standards, you're grounded for two weeks. Which, yes, definitely! What is the deal here? She's hanging out with Gia and all of a sudden her room's a mess. I would have said, you know what, Stephanie? I really don't think that it's best that you and Gia hang out for a bit because I don't like the influence that she has on you. 
What about Danny says, you know, Bigfoot will be seen around this neighborhood more than you. Have I made myself clear? Stephanie's like, yeah, yeah, loud and clear. So, <laughs> Danny, being on a roll, turns to DJ and says, hey, I don't want you to see Kimmy anymore. And she's like, Dad? And Danny's like, oh, uh, sorry, I was on a roll there. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> so DJ's like, Dad, what happened to subtle psychology? And Danny's like, oh, no, that was subtle psychology. You don't want to see me when I get mad. Because my shouting will make my anger look like, or my anger will make my shouting look like a happy place. So after Danny and DJ and Michelle all leave, Gia's like, I can't believe my mom made me do the dishes because your dad sounds just like my mom. I mean, it's not like we were out of clean dishes. It's like, hey, I had to do the dishes every freaking night as a child, and I don't didn't do the best job as a dishwasher, and I got called out on it many, many times. Mind you, of course, this is we didn't have a dishwasher, so. So, Stephanie's like, yeah, I guess I better get busy cleaning this room, and she's like, hey, I think it's pretty cool you got away with it as long as you did. It's like, she didn't get away with anything. You know, Danny's Mr. Mr. Clean, Mr. Spick and Span, you think he's gonna allow any of his those rooms in his house to be not up to Tanner standards on a daily basis. All right, now we're moving up to the apartment where Jesse is now turned it into the Katsopolis Institute of Lower Learning. We have a little red table. We got Nikki and Alex sitting at little in little plastic chairs, and Joey is sitting there on a chair of sorts. He's got a backwards hat on to make him look, I don't know, mentally younger. <laughs> like, about the the boys' age. <laughs> He's also got Michelle's old chalkboard. So he puts up one of those refrigerator letters on the board and says, alright boys, let's start at the beginning. What letter is this? As he slaps an A on the chalkboard. And the boys are like, it's an A! And Jesse's like, see, good boys, my boys don't need preschool. I noticed there is a monkey puppet sitting on the top of that child-sized chalkboard. Now Jesse's going to move on to words that start with the letter A. And he draws a circle and puts a line right in the middle of it. So Jesse's like, alright, A is for... And he points at one of the twins, and the twin says, Rock! And he's like, oh, well, heck of a try there, son. Um, so he turns to Alex. All right, why don't you give it a shot, buddy? He's like, balloon. It's like, um, no. A balloon actually would not have a uh, line going at the top of it. It'd be on the bottom, and it'd be a lot longer. But I'm not going to shame a child for Jesse's crappy drawing of her. <laughs> it's not really crappy. It's just a circle with a, a line at the top to, uh, show where the stem would go. So since both boys got it incorrect, Jesse pulls Joey up out of his chair by his ear, like, hey, help them out. That's what you're here for, to help out my kids. And of course, Joey's like, hey, look, I gotta go with Nikki on the rock. And Jesse's like, it starts with A. And Joey's like, okay, A rock. 
And Jesse's like, yeah, and you are a idiot as he slaps Joey up the back of the head. Apparently, now we're done with the alphabet after one letter, and we're going to move on to counting. Joey's like, hey, Jess, don't worry, I can help you out here, as he pulls out a bag of M&M's. And it's like, hey, let's count candy. Like, oh my goodness. And he gives the boys each a little, like, handful on the table. And they just start eating them. They're not counting at all. And they're like, hey, we like counting. Let's count cookies next. And Jesse's just got his, like, chin in his hand. Like, no, boys, no, we're not going to count cookies. Jesse's like, no, we are here to learn. We're not counting cookies. And the boys are like, we want cookies. We want cookies. We want cookies. And Jesse is losing control of these kids already. So he's like, oh, um, Jesse puts a monkey puppet on his hand. And here we get the name, which will later be called the name of his new band. I'm a hot daddy puppet monkey boy. <laughs> and of course, his new band is called Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. It's kind of a funky name. I think it's kind of cool. He's like, I'm here to tell you that we're going to have so much fun. We're going to do something that's so much fun you won't even think about cookies. Do you know what that is? And the boys are like, let's jump on the bed. And they race over to Jesse and Becky's bed and just start jumping on it. And Jesse's like, oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> and Joey, meanwhile, is still sitting in his chair like, oh, oh, pick me, pick me, teacher, I remember, so smart. Jesse's like, Joey. And Joey gets up and says, hey, you want to know what my best subject in kindergarten preschool was? And Jesse's like, what? I don't know. Joey's like, nap time. And... Ding, ding, ding! Light bulb above Jesse's head. He's like, you know what, Joey? That actually is not a bad idea. We can calm him down, get him to take a little nappy poo, and then we start teaching them again. It's like, you taught them a letter, and then they ate M&Ms. <laughs> That's your beginning of the first, like, ten minutes of your school day. Wow. And then you're going to take a nap. Miss Susie, please, save these children. They're not learning anything. Uh, I mean, you could call their jumping on the bed, like, physical exercise, but... <laughs> so Jesse pulls the boys off the bed and lays them down, like, hey, boys, we are going to take a little nap now. So lay on this hard carpet and close your eyes. As Jesse and Joey also do the same, they fall asleep, and we find out that the boys, as they open their eyes... Like, yeah, they are not going to sleep. Jesse and Joey fall asleep pretty quickly, which I wish I could fall asleep quickly. I can't do that without, uh, <laughs> without a sleep aid. But um, boys are using those, you know, circular, you know, watercolors that you would get with, like, coloring books. I used to have one. I think it was, like, a Cinderella one. And I'm surprised that, I didn't realize just how messy that those things could get. Like, you could actually paint on the person's skin, which I'm trying to remember. I don't think I ever, you know, went and took the paintbrush and started dabbing on my own skin. To, it was watercolor. It's supposed to, it just goes on the page. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to show up and do that to your skin. 
I love how they're still, Nikki and Alex still refer to each other as brother. I don't think the boys ever said, I'm like, Alex, follow me, or Nikki, do what I'm doing. They're like, nice job, brother. Thank you, brother. So Jesse and Joey are both stone cold, out like a light, to the point where the boys took off their socks and their loafers, and neither of the men stirred, like, at all. So this is when Becky comes up. She's like, hi, boys, what are you doing? And they're like, shh, we're playing a trick. And she, oh, yeah, well, can your old mom play? So she goes to Jesse and Joey and yanks on their pinky toe. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And that wakes them up. Institute of Lower Learning is now in session. Now, what better place to start than the beginning, right? Here we go, guys. What letter is this? Oh! Yes, good boy. See, I played Thunny Preschool. Okay, very good, very good. Now, let's talk about some words that start with the letter A, shall we? All right, there we go. What's that? A is for... No, uh, uh, well, heck of a try. Uh, Alex, A is for... Blue. Uh, no, no. Good try, though, son. Good try. Help him out. I gotta go with Nikki on the rock. It starts with A. Okay. A, rock. And you are A, idiot. Now, come on. You're supposed to help me here. Now, sit down. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, we're done with the alphabet. Now we're going to move on to counting. I can help you out there, Jess. Okay, boys, let's count candy. All right, okay, ready? One, two, three, four. Okay, now you guys count. cookies here. Well, we're here to learn. We want cookies. We want cookies. We want cookies. We want cookies. Here. Here. here we go. Look at this, guys. Look at Hi. Look at him. Look at him. Hi, guys. I'm a hot daddy uh, puppet monkey boy. And I'm here to tell you that we're going to do something that's so much fun, you won't even think of cookies. You know what it is? Close your eyes, relax. 
Just think of nice thoughts. Right as Becky is coming up the stairs to uh, just their home, their apartment, and you notice right, uh, and it's right bef- after the good job, brother. Uh, the twin in the, I think, Nikki might be the one in the white shirt, and Alex is the one in the blue shirt, and they both have those little paintbrushes that come with the watercolor set (laughs) and I think it's the I'm not sure which actor you know either Blake or Dylan playing uh Nikki or Alex and whoever plays Alex like took the watercolor paintbrush a little itty bitty small thing bristles and put the bristles like in his mouth it's like buddy that was just on uh on John Stamos's foot oh gross but they're those kids are like three or four years old. Maybe they don't know any better. So when Becky like twists their uh, Joey and Jesse's pinky toes, the guys wake up, and they're like, "Oh, Beck, hey, you're home." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, how's school going?" And Jesse's like, "Oh, good, great. Yeah, we're just doing a little color appreciation." As he looks down with the watercolors. Of course, when he looks on, he doesn't glance at his feet, and Becky's like, well, uh, why don't you look down at your feet? I'm sure you'll appreciate it. And both Jesse and Joey look at their feet, like, covered in paint splotches. Immediately, Jesse and Joey, like, jump to their feet, and Jesse's like, look, Beck, it's not how it looks. And she's like, really? So the boys weren't painting your feet while you two fine educators were out cold? And Jesse's like, uh, okay, it is how it looks, actually. And Joey makes a comment, like, you know, actually, this could be a good thing, because if the boys painted up to the ankle line, I could start saving big bucks on socks. And Jesse was all for agreeing with him up to that point, and he just goes to slap Joey upside the head, and Joey's like, ah, don't worry, I got slaps, and Joey slaps himself in the back of the head. So once Joey leaves, Jesse reveals, like, this whole thing was, it just blew up in my face. It was a disaster. You know, I'm not qualified to teach preschool, and Joey is barely qualified to attend. So, don't we learn later this season that apparently Joey had a teaching degree, or certificate, or whatever you want to call it? He could have been teaching them boys, but apparently that, that hasn't come up yet. So... I guess we're to believe at this point that he doesn't have a teaching degree until it's brought up when Michelle needs a substitute teacher and Joey is more than happy to say, yep, I got a teaching certificate. Really? Well, you could have been helping Jesse instead of playing the part of the student. You could have played the part of the paraprofessional teacher's aide. I really like what Becky's wearing. She's wearing a light gray blazer pants combo with a white uh, white and blue striped shirt underneath. Dress shirt on. Very, very nice. Very, being that she is a TV personality on Wake Up San Francisco, definitely you gotta dress the part. Not to mention, well, I don't think at this point, this is just, this is episode two of season eight, so she hasn't even been made producer of Wake Up San Francisco. So, to 
Becky's surprised because she just assumes that the boys didn't like it. I mean, that's what Jesse told her, right? They're like, but we like preschool. And Becky looks up because Nikki and Alex are now playing in one of those uh, tunnels that are on the floor that, you, you know, kids crawl through. And she's like, oh, really? You, Jesse, apparently they like preschool? Really? Okay, this is the first I'm hearing. And Jesse tries to cover up his earlier mistake by telling, like, oh, they didn't like it, they cried. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, they like it now that they're home, but, I mean, you should have seen them when they were there. They were just really, and she's like, were they crying? I mean, they were upset, right? So they were crying, right? And he's like, oh, well, I mean, not exactly. They weren't crying per se, I mean, it's kind of a dry cry, really. And she's like, really? What really were they, per se, doing? And he's like, all right, look. They were laughing and playing. And she's like, well, honey, it looks like you got him out of there just in time. And the boys are even like, well, we like Miss Susie. She's nice. And Jesse reveals that, you know, everything was great on the way to preschool. The Beach Boys was on in the car, the kids were shaking their hair, hands jamming out of the Beach Boys. But as soon as they got to the classroom, the boys, zoom, they were away from Jesse as soon as they could get away from him. And they were, they were having a great time. And when he asked for a kiss goodbye, they just like, nope, nope, I don't know you. Sorry, Daddy, I don't want to kiss you goodbye. I... <laughs> And I get that Jesse's hurt. I mean, he's feeling exactly what some parents probably do when they drop their kids off. Some kids are going to be apprehensive. Some are going to be independent. And they're going to easily separate from their parents. Jesse's like, it's like they didn't even need me anymore, you know? All those years that we spent, you know, rocking them and changing their diaper and wiping their noses and potty training them. It's like none of that mattered to them anymore and she's like well honey you know I think it's a good idea that they didn't look back you know we're helping them giving them the tools they need to step out into the world and eventually make it on their own you know he, he tells her you know I just want to hold on for one more second and you know they didn't even turn around I feel, I mean, I like I said, guys, I'm not a parent and everything, but I can imagine, you know, what my mom went through when she, it's a very fuzzy memory of kindergarten and her dropping me off. And I think I might have been a little shy. I was very shy. I still am when meeting new people. Um, and... I think eventually I did break away because I did see someone I knew from preschool. I think it was Allison. Um, and I just went over and just started, you know, playing either Blocks or Dollhouse or something. I really can't remember preschool because that's a very fuzzy, hazy memory. <laughs> I think preschool was the one where I actually was bused from where I lived to like 25 minutes away to a school in another district that specialized in, in special ed and stuff like that. <coughs>
I like how Becky words this. She's like, maybe it's good that they didn't look back, that we've given them the confidence to be able to go out and face the world without us. I love that. I love that. That is such a great saying there. And that's probably what every parent wishes for their child, you know, facing a new challenge, which is, you know, the first day of school, that you're giving them confidence that they can go out and experience new things and not be clinging to your apron strings the whole time. You know, I mean, for some kids, it's easy from some that, you know, it's it's not so easy. <laughs> and Jesse's like, world, honey, up until this preschool thing, we were their world. This is funny. And, you know, we never get to see this later on in the show because the show ends at the end of season eight, these boys are in preschool. We don't see them go to kindergarten and first grade and so on and so forth. And Becky's like, honey, if we're acting like this now, how are we going to be when they get their driver's license or they go to college or they eventually get married and, and, you know, have their own families and stuff like that. So Jesse does relent. He's like, honey, you are absolutely right. This preschool thing, it's really not that bad. And Becky does say, honey, we got to let go. We got to learn to let go because if we don't do it now, eventually. I mean, Jesse makes a joke about, yeah, the last thing I want is to go to college with two freshmen clinging to my legs. That would be very weird. <laughs> Can't even picture that. So Becky says, Nikki, Alex, tomorrow you guys are going back to preschool. And they are like, yay! And Jesse's like, all right, but first we want our kisses. So you boys get over here, pucker up, and give us our goodbye kisses. I like how Becky's with Jesse this time around. I like, I really, you know, to be able to have a do-over, because this is an important moment. The boys are, well, there's, this is day two for them. But if you think about it, it's kind of like a redo of day one. But at least they both get to share in this moment together. So Becky's like, all right, Jess, moment of truth. Can you let go? He's like, all right, yeah, I can let go. And he's, the boys are both wearing overalls, and he's got the back of their straps. She's like, honey, let go. Let them go. Those boys are like, their feet are like, and they're chomping in the bit. Like, let's go. Like, like a horse, like, in the gate, like, ready to, like, get out. So Miss Susie's there. Both Nikki and Alex are sitting at the table and they're coloring. And she's basically, Miss Susie's like, you guys go. I got this. It's going to be absolutely fine. And Jesse kind of has his little halfway. like, bye-bye, boys. And the boys both look at their dad and I'm like, bye-bye. <laughs> on socks. <laughs> now, back this whole thing was a disaster. I'm not qualified to teach preschool, and Joey's barely qualified to attend. Oh, honey, it's too bad the boys didn't like preschool. 
preschool. Well, we like preschool. Really? To me, like they like preschool. Well, sure, yes, they they, they say so now. But you, you should have seen the little faces in the in the corner of that classroom. All the were they crying? Well, they weren't crying in a in a, in a waterworks way crying. I mean, it was more of a it's more it was more of a, a dry cry, really. Wait, wait, were they angry? Well, no, they weren't angry per se. <laughs> what were they? Uh? Per se. Well, per se, they were uh, they were laughing and playing. Sounds like you got them out of there just in time. You weren't the only one to lose it. I lost it too. I mean, I was fine at breakfast, you know. We're grooving in the car. The Beach Boys are on. The kids are shaking their hair. And then all of a sudden, I get to the classroom. I ask for a kiss. I pucker up. Boom! They stiff me. I'm left mid pucker. Honey, they didn't even kiss you goodbye. Oh, it's like they didn't even need me. And all that time we spent, you know, rocking them to sleep and feeding them and wiping their little faces and their little noses and all those other wipeable areas. It's like none of that mattered, you know? I mean, I just wanted to hold on. I just wanted to hold on for one more second and they, they didn't even turn around. You know, Jess, maybe it's good that they didn't look back. I mean... Maybe it means that we have given them the confidence to go out and face the world without us. The world? Back up until this preschool thing, we were the world. <sighs> Honey, if we're acting like this now, what are we going to be like when, you know, they get their license or they go to college, get married, have their own kids? You're right, honey. Now suddenly this preschool thing doesn't sound so bad. I know it's hard to let go, but we got to do it sometime. Might as well be now. Yeah. I hate to walk into college with two freshmen clinging to my legs. <laughs> Nikki, Alex, tomorrow you guys are going back to preschool. Yay! That's right, but first we want our kisses. So get over here, pucker up, and give us a kiss goodbye. Come here, give me a kiss. <laughs> well, Jess, this is it. The moment of truth. Can you let go? I can let go. Jess, let go. That was a sweet ending, Jesse and Becky just going through the double doors, and the double doors do have windows, so they're just kind of watching the boys for a minute, and oh, it's just, it's a, it's a sweet moment. I mean, if I had kids, and if I were going through something like this, I mean, this is something any parent with a child can relate to, that probably multiple, especially if you've had more than one kid, you can probably relate to it more than once. Or over and over again as they, you know, face a new year of school and stuff like that. So, lesson learned from this episode is definitely going to be uh, <laughs> sometimes it goes with, you know, all the, all the back to school episodes really, you know, first days are hard. Sometimes they might be good, sometimes not so good. You got to roll with it. Um... 
Yeah, and just parents accept that, you know, your kids are getting older and there is going to come a day when they're not going to, you know, want to hold on to your hand and you're going to have to let go and accept that the children are, you know, paving their own path or making making their own way. And you got to kind of let them so they can, you know, make their mistakes and learn from them and everything like that. And it's definitely all about independence and forming an identity and just learning how to accept change and all that fun stuff. Um, as far as lesson learned from, um, <laughs> I can definitely say Stephanie is the relatable character for me for the, uh, this episode, just due to the fact that I had a messy room as a kid, as a teenager, as an adult, how many times were they told by my aunt, by my dad, even by Jeremy, that, you know, it's like, you need to clean your room. It looks like garbage. Take care of it. I don't think I ever got grounded for it, but I definitely got talked to about not putting my clothes, uh, shoving them under the bed or shoving them in the closet or this or that. Um, best outfit award of the episode. Oh, man. Um, Becky had a nice, like, belly shirt that she was wearing. It's kind of cool. But, um, I want to go generic, simple this episode with DJ's first day of senior high school with the, you know, the, the um, the shirt that's kind of, the collar's rimmed with brown and it's kind of like a beigey tan color just classic shirt um and just basic shorts um as far as her worst outfit of the episode i want to just go with joey in that dorky outfit he was with the backwards hat like it made him look which i get that's what they were going for it made him look like a little big little kid uh, didn't like it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Alright, so next week up is going to be Divorce Court. That's going to be the first of the two Halloween episodes. That's from Season 3. Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Divorce Court, which aired on November 17th, 1989. Different, differing plans on Halloween causes a quote-unquote divorce in the family while the adults Try to avoid wearing a dress, which, guys, that is not how it went down. It's all about the race and the fact that DJ and Stephanie are not going to the same school anymore. DJ wants to go to Kathy Santoni's Halloween party, yet she promised Stephanie she would go with her to her old elementary school's Halloween carnival. The guys, Jesse, Danny, and Joey, are all competing about who is the most athletic Becky says, hey, you guys want to race against each other on a track? And, of course, Joey's the one that comes up with the bet that the loser has to, the losers have to go as whoever the winner picks for the Halloween costume. So, and then, of course, the Halloween episode after that is going to be from Fuller House, Curse of Tanner Manor. Jackson and Ramona want to go to a haunted house type of thing and not spend their time at DJ's Halloween bash, which is more for, you know, Max and Kimmy and Fernando are 
dressed up as a very famous television couple from the 50s. In the last, now, in the last episode, I did say that I want to play a couple clips from the episode The Gift from Punky Brewster Season 2, where we see Binding, excuse me, Bonnie Urseth, who played Miss Susie in this episode, and the Punky Brewster The Gift episode, she plays a mentally challenged character, and it's just, I just want to show you just how, the range that this woman has from, you know, in... 1994 playing a teacher and then in 1985 she's playing a mentally handicapped adult school custodian so just amazing acting from this woman so the first clip here i want to play is linda with mike fulton the teacher she is talking to mike about how she always wanted to go to regular school but unfortunately her disability kind of prevented her from doing that but now she's working at, she's actually working at a regular school and the principal who said you couldn't go to school here or whether it even was that guy who was the principal of that school at the time but now that oh she says the same man has to pay her which i like that since you started working here at the school has never been so clean really really i don't have to use a mirror anymore i just check out my handsome face and your shiny floors <laughs> <laughs> this is the first job anybody would ever give me my mom said i would get fired but my dad said go for it cupcake so i went for it i'm glad you did I always wanted to go to regular school like everybody else, but they wouldn't let me because I was too dumb. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Why is that funny? The man said I, I wasn't smart enough to get in regular school, and and now I go to regular school every day, and, and the same man has to pay me for it. <laughs> I'm not too dumb. <laughs> So the next clip I want to play is with Punky and Linda. Linda is mopping the floor in the hallway. Punky's shoes have dirt all over them. She's tracking mud in. Linda gets upset. She feels like she's going to be fired because she's not. she doesn't think she's doing a good job. And... Punky just is like, it's okay, Linda, don't worry, I will help you out. And it's just, it's, it's a sweet moment. They're both into stickers. I love stickers. I was big into stickers, the scratch and sniff stickers back in the 90s. And the poofy stickers, loved those. So I'm going to play this clip. Get fired. Tom, the one that got the mud on your floor. 
anyone they'll fire me. Only the law says I have to go to school, so they can't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, Punky. I like you. Thanks, Linda. I like you, too. Most of the kids here laugh at me and call me dummy. They think I don't understand them, but, but I do. Don't pay any attention to that. Kids are always calling people names. You know what they call me? What? Gunky. I'll never call you Gunky. Thanks. <laughs> hey, do you like stickers? Sure, everybody does. You want to see my sticker book? Yeah. You've got the glittery ones, too. Here, this is for you. It says number one friend. Thanks, Linda. All right, so the last clip I'm going to play is with Punky and Linda. Linda just ran out of the classroom. Alan called her the R word. Like, she doesn't have any feelings. She's a... I'm not going to say that word. I don't like it. And I'm happy that they are... Have, where that is wrong to say that word. Or as people call it... I think they call it the hard R. But back in the 80s, unfortunately, it was just seemed commonplace that people would call you that if you're stupid instead of saying oh you're stupid they say you're a this you know but um punky goes out to con um console linda after what alan called her and linda just breaks down because you know punky tries to compare herself like i act silly all the time or do dumb things and this and that and you know, you know, I was a little kid when I did this, and Linda's like, I know, but I'm an adult, and I'm always doing dumb things, and I will always be dumb, and your heart just goes out to Linda. It really, really does. <laughs> so I'm going to play this last clip.
do I have? Well, you're one of the nicest people I know. I am. And you're real pretty. I am. And you're a good worker. I, I am. Matter of fact, you're a wonderful worker. <laughs> That's right. I'm wonderful. Well, I'll settle for good. <laughs> but I, I broke the rule. The cleaning ladies must not disturb the class, and they'll fire me. No, they won't fire you. Are you sure? Positive. It's hard to find good help these days. Thanks, Punky. You made me feel a lot better. Number one friends are four. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I, I feel you there, Linda. I feel you there. Really. Um, I swear, I... Mm, I... With my job, guys, really, I just... I've been doing one thing at my job for five years, and I just see that it's very hard for me to... It takes me longer to pick up things than other people. And I just look at other people and things just come so easy to them sometimes. And I just feel like, why can't things come easy to me? You know, why do I... I, 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 I you know, I get where Linda's coming from. And it's just, it's so frustrating to know that people are, like, looking down on you and and talking down to you and just... It makes me feel stupid. Like, I'm not smart. And I can't pick up things. And people that are so much younger than me can pick up things a lot easier. And it just it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel bad about myself. And it just, you know, future job prospects. Like, people were always probably going to pick someone else. You know, and what kind of job that I could actually get with... The amount of learning that I have, I mean, I just have a high school diploma, and it just, and I, I, I just think about, you know, other people, like Linda, that have a hard time in the world just trying to, where things don't come as easy to them, and that people sometimes out there will take advantage, but, I mean, Basically, the whole point of playing these clips was just, you know, Bonnie Urseth's acting, just playing a mentally disabled person. I mean, she actually, in season one of Punky Brewster, did play a nun in the Take Me Out to the Ball Game episode, but um, this one is where she really, really shined. But, and I, I gotta agree with Punky's advice. It's like, you gotta look at the qualities that you don't look at what you don't have. But look at the qualities that you do have. You know, I'm dependable, I'm, re I'm reliable. It's pretty much the same. They go hand in hand. But, you know, I'm a hard worker. I'm eager to, to learn something new. It might take me a couple tries, but I'll get it. And when I do, I just, I, I work hard because I'm always trying to prove how good I can be and... Sometimes, depending on the place or the job, it's like you see other people that haven't been there as long will move up in the ranks faster because things come easier. But um, I'm really 
like I said, looking forward to Punky Brewster, um, the reboot, and just seeing Punky, you know, tackling certain, maybe certain issues with her kids or with this foster child, um, of to, in today's world, whether it's social media or it's people with different disabilities, PTSD or you know, homelessness and and a whole slew of other things. I just, I like that Cherry Johnson was made a social worker. I was hoping if it wasn't going to be Punky, then at least make, you know, a friend of hers, like, have, you know, the Punky's life and where she came from and everything, just that impact of that friendship just really... had an influence on Cherry and that she wanted to make a difference in other people's lives. Like, Punky had made a positive influence in hers. And, you know, Punky saved Cherry's life and Cherry the Life, Cherry Lifesaver and stuff like that. And, you know, they've been through thick and thin together. And I just, I'm looking forward to this. And also the final season of Fuller House, I'm looking forward to that. So, and with the holiday season coming up in November, there's, um, um, Full House Thanksgiving episode, which I'm probably going to get emotional with because, you know, it's in season one, the Miracle of Thanksgiving is where the families, it's their first Thanksgiving without their mom. And guys, this is my first Thanksgiving without my dad. It's got to be because I did spend, you know, last Thanksgiving with my dad. And I usually spent the others, you know, with Jeremy and his family. But especially Christmas is going to be the hardest because we always spent like Christmas Eve or right around Christmas because it was my, you know, my sister's birthday is Christmas Eve, and um, we'd always spend that, you know, together. And this is just going to be hard, you know. I'm not going to be able to get my dad a Christmas gift and everything, and just. Gosh, it's gonna be so hard. If you guys have ever lost someone and having to face those first holidays without them is so hard. I mean, I've already faced, you know, his birthday and Father's Day and my birthday without him, but Christmas is gonna be hard. So I can definitely relate to what the Tanners and Jesse, oh my gosh, Jesse. You know, that's his sister. He had how many Thanksgivings and holidays with her? And he's the one who really breaks down. But um, I will get to that in November. And then we got a slew of Christmas episodes to go through, guys. So I'm so excited to be able to spend the, the holidays, you know, December covering these episodes. And just hope you guys get enjoyment out of them if you're traveling you know, cutting down your Christmas tree. I know it's still like a week or so before um, Halloween, but I just I'm I'm looking forward to the holidays, even though it is going to be sad for me this year. But um, I'm really looking forward to watching these episodes and sharing them with you and my memories and just everything, guys. So enjoy this episode. This has been, this is the final back to school episode full house in the full house back to school series so that being said guys have a great great weekend bye bye